Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. I am out on the deck with the dog, the kitten. The other dog is sleeping, but this, the young dog is playing with the kitten. So I'm getting some entertainment here. And frankly, it's more entertaining than watching the Pittsburgh Pirates these days. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned to you guys that a tailspin was coming. Some of you did not believe me. And I always say, hear me now, believe me later. Because they just never had the, the talent to justify that they were only 15 games under 500 um, two weeks ago. You know, it was, it was false. You know, it was false hope. Um, it was done by an overusing and overachieving bullpen. Um, but now that we have um, David Bednar on the disabled list, uh, Yerry De Los Santos is having season-ending surgery. This hasn't been announced yet. Um, and Will Crow is being overused because, frankly, they don't really have too much else. <laughs> that guy that, that was there last night was just the worst relief pitch, one of the worst relief pitchers I've ever seen in person because just his, um, I was watching a little bit of the ninth inning or whatnot, and just his body language, like, yeah, I walked another guy, I'm good. You know, he, throw, he tosses up the rosin bag. He didn't really care, you know. Boom, walks another guy. Yeah, I'll give it another shot. And then he goes 1-0 and on the next guy. And the um, pitching coach comes out and just like, He's like storming in and he's hanging his head and he's like, why don't you just throw strikes? And then the guy's like, yeah. So then he walks the bases loaded and then he gives up a double. And that is who we traded cash to Cleveland for, you know, and it was really bad. I mean, potentially you could have had a comeback. I mean, I think the Pirates were only down like four to two going into the ninth and they did put a little bit of a rally together in the bottom of the ninth inning, which is something that happens. I mean, they get some walk-off wins here and there. You could totally see this one being a walk-off win if they would have had a better bullpen. Um, Unfortunately, Rowanzi just didn't have his pinpoint contact. I'm not going to go as far as these other guys are saying that he was rusty because pitching in AAA is still pitching. So he just didn't have it for whatever reason, you know. Um, four walks is really unroanzy like um, He left some balls over the plate. Um, he's obviously still a really good pitcher, but with a four ERA at this point, I guess we have to start questioning whether he's going to be the ace that we thought he would be. And I don't know if it has to do with, um, you know, he's just somewhat injury prone and he has to take a little bit off of his pitches because of his elbow, you know. Or maybe there just was a little bit of damage there and he doesn't want to let loose or whatnot. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, but I'm also not sure that Roanzi Contreras is going to be um, the ace that I thought he was going to be last year. You know, when I had all these Roanzi podcasts. And, and I really like the guy. I mean, he's, got, he's a great competitor, right? Um, he doesn't let anything get in the way of his focus. Um, he was asked... Um, you know, what he was supposed to work on in AAA. And yeah, I mean, he basically said, I don't know. I didn't really understand what was going on. But he also said that even if I don't understand, I'm going to stay laser focused and I'm just going to work at getting better, you know, which was the right thing to say, you know, something that you would never hear O'Neill Cruz say. Um, but those are, they're just two different guys, you know. 
Um, which is why I think Roanzi, I'd much rather have Roanzi with me um, in battle, you know? I don't think I would want O'Neill Cruz with me, um, like they say, um, in a foxhole, <laughs> you know? Because he's probably out for himself. Whereas Roanzi Contreras would probably do everything he could to help everybody in that foxhole, you know? Um, but that's just how it is, you know? They are very lucky and fortunate to have a guy like Roanzi Contreras. And they're very lucky and fortunate that he remains healthy. Um, he did pitch 90 inning, ninety pitches yesterday. And it was um, somewhat high-stress pitches, you know, because he was in trouble a lot. And uh, I just hope for the best for Roanzi, that he stays healthy, you know, because he's a really good guy. Um, what else happened in that game yesterday? I, that was the main things to me. Um, that terrible pitcher in the ninth inning and just Roanzi Contreras. I mean, nothing else was really interesting other than, as I've said, time in, time out. If you are a, um, a loyal listener to the program, um, I never once worried about Brian Reynolds. And I don't worry about Key Brian Hayes either. The only worry I have about Key Brian Hayes is his nagging injuries. That could derail his career. But as far as the guy, like, really putting in the time and the effort to hone his craft and having the talent, I think he's got it, you know, so I don't worry about him. Um, Brian Reynolds, I think I just said last podcast or maybe the one before that or whatever that, you know, I would still extend him, you know, but it's weird that he really likes, well, it's not weird that he likes Pittsburgh because I love the city of Pittsburgh personally, you know, Um, but it's just weird that some fans are quick to dump on him, you know. Like, they would rather see the next prospect come up, or they would rather trade for someone than than to sign Brian Reynolds long-term because he's 28 years old, which is very young, especially considering he didn't come... He doesn't have a lot of miles on those legs, you know? Like, he didn't come up right away into the major leagues. Uh, he came up a little older, probably the same age as O'Neill Cruz, like 24, 25, something like that. But, um... He just doesn't uh, – I just don't know if they're going to re-sign Brian Reynolds. I mean, I always try to get into um, the head of the general manager. And I haven't done this before, like in a while, probably months. You know, the way I get into the head of the general manager and try to figure out what he's thinking. Probably because the season was just kind of playing itself out, you know. I wasn't getting into the, any of the off-season stuff. But if I do get into the head of the general manager – he obviously knows that they don't have much talent. I mean, I was looking at the MLB pipeline top 30. And actually, I can go, I hadn't thought about going over that. Um, but there was a couple interesting things on this, right? Just really embarrassing things, frankly. Um, because we have had so many trades. And we've had so many, like... Um, drafts where we drafted high and you know Thomas Harrington to be in the top 10 right away a third round pick just shows you that we don't have a lot of talent you know Malcolm Nunez to be your 12th prospect a guy that we got from um, St. Louis a guy that maybe could be a first baseman maybe not you know we'll have to find out Hunter Barco is your 14th rated prospect. 
that one's a head scratcher. Um, who else do you have in here that just surprised me? Um, Shalin Polanco. You know, he's only 18 years old, but he hasn't really shown anything. Hudson Head, who's just been awful. Kenneth Smith Nigma, who we don't even know if this guy's ever going to play again. Like he exploded his, one of his um, one of his bones. You know, he's still in your top 30. Rodolfo Nolasco is in your top 30. Tanaj Thomas, the guy who's never had an ERA under five, is in your top 30. I mean, I think it might be a little bit under there this year, but he's still probably too wild to ever be a major leaguer, you know? So I don't know. It just goes to show you that we don't really have a lot of talent for all the work that we've put in to building this system over the last three or four years, you know, because the team's been bad. And that was a little disappointing to me, just seeing that. Um, in the minor leagues yesterday, uh, you had um, Quinn Priester have another decent outing. He wasn't perfect, but it was a decent outing by Quinn Priester. Um, you've had some guys that have been performing okay. You know, obviously I like Andy Rodriguez and stuff like that. And obviously, as I've mentioned ad nauseum, that um, it's been disappointing. You know, the minor leagues have been disappointing with guys like Matt Frazier and Nick Gonzalez getting off to bad starts. Um, but Nick Gonzalez has actually, um, well, in game two of the um, doubleheader yesterday, he went four for five, which was nice to see, you know. I would really love to see. Like I said, I think he's a competent second baseman. And I would like to see him up here late next year. Um, and uh, let's see, DSL, um, De Los Santos has been okay. Mikado's been good. There's really nobody in the DSL that I can focus on other than they have been winning. Um, the DSL Pirates won today against, uh, and the FCL Pirates. There's actually some interesting players there. And I do have to focus on this FCL game today because um, the Pirates pitched a shutout. And there was a guy named Kelly that pitched really well. He went four innings. So I'll just give you a little bit of background on that guy because it was nice to see. Um, Antoine Kelly is only 18 years old. And he's on the Florida Coast League Pirates. That's a good thing right there. You know what's interesting is not the fact that he's an international guy, Antoine Kelly. But the fact that he came from Aruba and not your normal spots. You know what I mean? And although his whip is a little high, you know, he tends to walk guys like a lot of minor leaguers. His ERA is 2.42, which is really nice to see. And another guy that participated in the shutout that's been pretty good was uh, Mitchell Milano. But he's 22 years old. And if you're 22 years old and you're still pitching in the FCL, the odds are so far against you. Like, it's, it's hard for me to even mention that. You know what I mean? Um... Shalin Polanco did play. Braylon Bishop has been slumping a little bit. He just doesn't have any power, which has been disappointing, you know, because we got him over slot. And I think we were hoping that Braylon Bishop would be decent. Um, they do have this guy. I'm just not sure how old this guy is, but let me pull him up um, for, let me see, for the Pirates. Um, he is a shortstop, and I've actually mentioned this guy before. Um, but he continues to hit well. 19-year-old um, 
Luis Tejada, um, Dominican guy. Um, he's got some speed, and he hits for average, and he usually has a pretty good ops. And he is in the FCL right now. So, yeah, he's been doing okay, you know what I mean? Um, but I don't know if there's too many guys I can point out in the FCL league or the um, Dominican league, other than they're winning. But, you know, unless you're 17 or 18 and you're really tearing it up, it's, it's hard to focus on guys until they do it in Altoona. You know, and I, I kind of learned my lesson with that one with um, Matt the Bat Frazier. Um, but we do have another game that was finished that had really good pitching today. So I'll pull that one up. It was another DSL Pirates game. And um, a guy by the name of Quintanalia pitched extremely well. Eight strikeouts, one walk, 1.80 ERA. So this guy's worth mentioning. Um, he is... I know nothing about this guy, so I'm just going to pull it up. Um, he is from Nicaragua and he's only 19 years old so heck yeah man but you know what it's interesting because this is another guy that's not from the places you would normally think he's from Managua Nicaragua Kenneth Quintanalia and he spells it K-E-N-E-T-H you know so he's an international dude um, he has a really good career in 20 career games he has a 2.59 ERA a 1.20 whip um, 49 strikeouts in 41 innings, and he's only 19 years old. So again, this is a guy that's kind of worth mentioning, you know. I mean, at least it's time that we start looking into these um, these lesser leagues because maybe we'll see a couple of these guys in Bradenton next year. Uh, as far as other than that, uh, let me pull up the MILB again because I just lost it. Um, we'll see who the starters are today. Um and maybe they announce the starters for the rest of the week and the weekend. I believe it's Thursday today. So the weekend starters are sometimes announced um, by like teams like Altoona. So we'll just take a look and see if, that, if that's the case. Uh, let's see. So today's starters for Altoona is TBD. Bradenton is Lu Luis Peralto, who has a 646 ERA. So I'm not even going to acknowledge that dude. Um, we don't know who's pitching for Greensboro. And unfortunately for you guys, Jared Eikhoff is pitching in Indianapolis. And it may be his last um, start for Indy before he comes back up to the Pirates if uh, Mitch Keller has to go on the disabled list. Um, because remember, we don't have Quintana anymore. And I would bet money that we're going to see Jared Eikhoff at some point again up here in the major leagues, even though that he didn't perform very well when he was up here. Um, Indianapolis, I noticed that Swaggerty did have a good game yesterday. And uh, if he can turn it on, and I think if he can even turn it on just for a few games, that they'll bring up Travis Swaggerty. Uh, and yesterday was a really good game. He went three for four, two runs scored, two RBIs, plus a walk. He had a double, which was his 13th double of the year. And he had a home run, which was his eighth home run of the year. And he had a stolen base, which was his 13th stolen base of the year. So Travis Swaggerty had a really, really good game. You know, the kind of game that could get him called up here shortly. Uh, I'm all fine for seeing Travis Swaggerty. I mean, I don't have a lot of hopes for Travis Swaggerty. But if he's at least knocking on the door with a couple games like that, 
I, I wouldn't mind watching him, you know? I mean, he's much better than watching Bly Madris. So, you know, let's hope that maybe Travis Swaggerty gets called up. Cal Mitchell, I've seen enough of Cal Mitchell because I just don't know where you play him, and I don't think he hits enough to be a designated hitter. He could be a second baseman, but we already have a million second basemen, you know? And his arm is not really strong enough to play anywhere but second base or first base. And he doesn't hit enough to, um, to be a first baseman either. Um, Diego Castillo, he's been okay, but i kind of see, see, seen enough of that guy. Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing him up, you know, next year at some point just because of the power. And he's a likable guy, and you know he works harder than anybody. Um, he's actually been batting 300 in AAA, so I'm fine with seeing Diego Castillo back up next year. Um, but Mitchell and um, Bly Madris, I've seen enough of those dudes, you know. Um, Sawinski will absolutely be up next year, but we know that they can't bring him up until mid-August um, and guarantee that they're going to get his year of service time. Uh, and that's about it with Indianapolis. It was a decent game. Uh, there weren't really any pitchers to speak of, um, but it was nice that a couple hitters hit well. You know, some of the hitting is starting to come around in the ma- in the minor leagues. Um, Bradenton got 11 hits yesterday, um, and the one guy that I think has been okay is Ching. So I'll mention Ching because we were he had we had some expectations for him coming into the season. Um, Cheng is a guy from somewhere east. Um, Taiwan. Okay. So he's from Taiwan, and he just turned 21, you know? And we paid him a good coin, you know? He's another really short infielder. So he's, he's another second baseman um, who's basically the same as Termar or Nick Gonzalez height-wise, but probably not as good. Um, so I don't know where this guy fits into the organization other than he's another guy that if Marcano doesn't hit, he's another guy that he could be like a um, jack of all trades down the road. Um, But what I like about this guy, Cheng, is that he's hit throughout his minor league career. He's got a 280 average and an 824 OPS and he's got speed. Um, He has 24 stolen bases this year. So, I mean, you have a potential weapon there in Britain. And he's one of the only guys that's, that's hit his weight in Bradenton this year. So, you know, him and Brannigan have been the guys that I like. And Brannigan did another two for five yesterday. And I did, I think maybe Brannigan was the guy I mentioned that I was surprised that he was in the top 10 in the organization. But man, he does look good, right? I mean, in a short stint and a very small sample size, I really like what I've seen of Brannigan with two more hits, a run scored, and two more RBIs yesterday. Um, this is a guy that I'm going to keep my eye on in Bradenton next year and somebody that could actually develop into a player. Um, he's 21 years old. He's six foot, 190, so just kind of average size. But he's that third-round pick from Notre Dame who seems to be a really good hitter. I mean, we don't know if he can pitch at all. He wants to pitch. But if this guy could play outfield, we really need outfielders, you know? I mean, we really don't know where Jack Brannigan is going to play yet. It actually says to be determined as far as, like, what his position's going to be. Um, but if Brannigan could be an outfielder, that's a guy we could use. You know what I mean? Um, and that, that's about it as far as um, the, uh, you know, the Bradenton team. 
Um, there's a pitcher who's been pitching better, and yes, yesterday was no different, um, who I'll at least mention because he's certainly worth, worth mentioning. Uh, and that's Carlos Jimenez. Um, that's the guy that I mentioned was skinny as fuck, you know, because they had listed him as only, being, only weighing 140 pounds. Um, but he's still 20 years old. And we can see now that he's pitched 66 innings this year in A ball at age, what is it, 20. Um, was he 19 at all? Um, yes, he was. He just turned 20, right? Just turned 20. So Carlos Jimenez is another guy. who He goes right in there with Anthony Solomedo and Bubba Chandler, but certainly doesn't have the fanfare of those guys. But he goes right in there as a guy that could contribute to this team down the road um, because his career numbers are a 317 ERA, uh, lots of strikeouts, lots of strikeouts, and his only issue is walks. So um, Carlos Jimenez, yes, that's the guy we're looking at going into next year. Um, Let's see, Altoona won yesterday. I meant the only guy in Altoona that's really performing right now that's worth mentioning from the hitting end and I've mentioned him, is um, Nick Gonzalez coming around. Um, Other than that, we know Andy Rodriguez has been doing a nice job in Altoona. And we hope that Paguero is going to start coming around, you know. Um, He's been doing okay, but his OPS is still disappointing, like right at 700, you know. And really Shackelford, I've mentioned, you know. I don't see why we wouldn't give Shackelford at least a shot in spring training to be the first baseman of this team. Um, there's really no reason not to, because like I said, Nunez, even though he's listed as a 12th best prospect, you know, I'm not convinced that he's definitely better than Shackelford, you know, his numbers certainly aren't. Um, and Shackelford's a little bit older, but other than that, you know, I'm not convinced. Uh, and like I said, Quinn Priester is certainly a guy that we are focusing on, you know, uh, I'm not buying into Tanaj Thomas at this point. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's about it. Um, so we'll have to see what happens in the minor leagues, which is almost as interesting as the major leagues at this point. And just the fact that the Pirates have not announced their starters. They're kind of playing it by ear because they have a lot of guys that are banged up. You know, they don't know if... You would think that most likely Mitch Keller is going to at least miss his next start. Um, so they announced Brubaker today, but we don't have a starter for the opening game series against the Reds. And it's going to be a tough game because Braxton Ashcraft, um, he's sort of a long shot for rookie of the year. Um, but he's a rookie with a better better ERA than Roanzi. You know, so he's a good, solid pit, rookie pitcher. Um, so that, that first game against the Reds is going to be tough because we have TBD starting. The second game, the Reds don't really have a starter at all. So we'll have to see who, who TBD does. And then we're going against Mike, Mike Miner. So TBD has a shot to beat the Reds. And that's the last game before the schedule gets really tough, you know, before the Braves come into town. So is there anything interesting going on with the Major League team? I mean, it's a little bit embarrassing that the announcers have been talking about we should be proud of, of the fact that our payroll is so low and we're competing with the Red Sox who have a really high payroll. Because, first of all, we've lost both games. And second of all, they shouldn't be punished for having a high payroll, you know? I mean, the Pirates should spend more money than they do. 
So it's not like a feel-good moment that they're making it in to be, you know? So that's a little embarrassing right there. Um, the bullpen, I think, is a big story with the Major League team because as I had mentioned a lot in my podcast earlier in the year, this bullpen is going to start to wear down during hitting season. That's what I always used to tell Anthony is just wait till hitting season comes. And some of the guys did really wear out during hitting season. Like that left-hander that we had um, who started off the season with 15 straight innings without giving up a run. We never hear his name anymore. <laughs> I don't even remember that dude's name. Um, like I said, D. Los Santos is out for the year. Bednar is still barking. You know, his back is still barking. And really, you could really say that, hey, Chase DeJong has done a nice job. There's a couple guys in the bullpen that you could say have done a nice job. But we DFA'd a guy a couple days ago. You know, another we DFA'd one of those killer bees that I had mentioned. I don't even remember which one it was, but it was one of those guys whose last name started with B <laughs> in our bullpen. You know, one of those no names. Um, so we're still like just playing bullpen dances and we have 45 games left to play, you know, and this is our bullpen. So I expect a lot of pain from this bullpen going forward. And I don't expect to have many leads anyway, you know, because we don't even know who the starting pitchers are going to be. But, yeah, it's bad, man, you know. So I know we're going to lose 100 games. You know we're going to lose 100 games. It's just how bad is it going to get, you know. And, and I guess that's something fun worth watching. I mean, I'll still watch the games when I can, you know. If my wife says, hey, do you want to watch this show? We got Apple TV and there's some good shows on there. Like Servant is a good show. Severance is a great show. Um, there's some other really good shows on Apple TV. Yeah, let's watch that, you know. And then if you get tired and want to go to bed, then I'll put the Pirates on. Like I did last night, you know. Then I'll put the Pirates on for the last inning. Because she's resting up because she's got to go back to school in a couple in a week. And she's not looking forward to it, you know. she It's, it's hard being a public school teacher. Especially when um, she teaches... Um, uh, what do you call it? Like extra kids that need extra help, you know, kids that are um, mostly like um, have learning disabilities of some sort, you know, and that's a lot of paperwork and whatnot. It's just really exhausting. You know, it's one of the tougher jobs. I know people like to shit on teachers, um, but it's one of the tougher jobs out there. You know, it's, it's mentally and physically exhausting um, when you're teaching a bunch of kids that have um, learning disabilities and, you know, they don't really understand, like, um, like clues and stuff like that, you know, autism, you know, kids and really like anything that might be down the any sort of spectrum. Those are the kids that she helps. And she really loves those kids, you know. So it's one of those jobs where she's not just doing it for the money anyway. And yet they always make teachers out to be greedy when they go on strike. They're just misunderstood, you know, public school teachers. They do a nice job. So enjoy the weekend. We're almost there. It's a really nice weather. I'm going to mow a little bit more of the lawn. Um, God love you. The devil loves you. The Pirates ownership. There's no love there. Peace out.